carving, and now Manny kept the box for kindling stocked as he carved both useful spoons and ladles and something he wasn't showing her. Grandma, can Inga come home with me from school and spend the night? As long as her mother and father agree, I see no problem. Good. May I call her and tell her? Ingeborg hid a smile. Emmy, asking to use the telephone? Would wonders never cease? Of course. She watched as Emmy pulled the little stool Hokan had made for the grandchildren under the oak box attached to the wall and wired into the restored telephone service. Slowly but surely, the town was recovering from the explosion of the grain elevator a year and a half ago now. The bank had been rebuilt, the post office and telephone building as well. All the people who used to live in Tent Town now had homes of some kind, either in the apartment houses or sharing one of the other houses. The boarding house remained full of mostly single men, including Dr. Jason W. Commons, who was their newest intern from the hospital in Chicago, and also the two student nurses, Abigail and Sandra, who had arrived in August. She half-listened to Emmy's conversation while she stirred the oatmeal bubbling on the stove. Frida had laid pieces of salt pork on the heavy black skillet to fry, and then would pour beaten eggs into it. She checked the oven, where sourdough biscuits were rising nicely. Frida had made the dough the night before, left it to rise overnight, and rolled out biscuits first thing. Manny loved biscuits of all kinds, from the ones with added cheese to the cinnamon sugar-topped ones and everything in between. Speaking of Manny, that was Manny outside the back door, stomping snow off his boots. Ingeborg could easily tell. One stomp was louder than the other. Manny's one leg, which had been not only broken but also shortened, was weaker than his other one. He burst in on a wave of cold. Emmy pushed the stool back where it belonged and went to the cupboard to start setting the table. She glanced down at Ingeborg's feet as she passed. You have Matisse's moccasins on. They are my winter slippers. Can you still wear the ones I gave you? My feet are too big. We'll go look in the box when you get home from school. Ingeborg kept a box full of children's clothing that had been outgrown by other children but was good enough to use again. Emmy and Inga loved to search the box and try clothes on. Now they passed Emmy's outgrown things that weren't complete rags to Inga or to the boxes the ladies of the church kept available for the immigrant children or anyone else in need. Are you going to quilting today? Frida asked as they waited for Manny to finish washing his hands and sit down. I am, and I'm hoping you will too. I have some things I'm working on here, and that is the only time I have alone, it seems. She looked to Manny. We have another order for cheese, and we are nearly out of crates. Could you work on that when you get home? Sure. Last time I checked, you still had plenty. 
Manny had taken over the job of nailing crates together for shipping the cheese. That was something he'd started doing while his broken leg was healing, and now he took it as a point of pride that he kept ahead of Frida. Patches barked, making the two young ones leap to their feet, bundle up in coats from the coat tree, grab books and lunch pails, and head for the door. Samuel Knutsen drove a wagon with a big box on it to protect the children from the weather. When the snow fell last fall, they replaced the wheels with sled runners. Ingeborg hoped they would be able to put the wheels back on in the next week or two. Samuel first loaded students from the deaf school taught by Grace Knutsen Gould, one of Samuel's older twin sisters. The children in the deaf school attended the regular school as soon as they learned sign language. A fine arrangement. Manny waved and Emmy blew Ingeborg a kiss, as she so often did.